Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. Oh, Hello. And Ben Roy Turner. Hello there. I thought I'd mix things up because we're not sitting around a table. We've been resigned to our own houses and living abodes yeah. to make sure the hashtag content continues. Um, so we're bringing you the What Culture Gaming podcast from various places at once. Um, and if we all talk over each other, it's because we're trying to record using a webcam style setup, which I don't know, might overlap. I have no idea. At some point, they're going to want to talk and I have to stop. And I don't even know when I'm going to do that. So I would, I would stop right now. Stop now. <laughs> Let's get straight into it. <laughs> Is Doom 2020 the best game of the year yet? Well, I think so. I mean, yeah, so basically we're just going to go through um, all the big games that are out because there's Doom Eternal, there's Assassin's Creed, uh, Assassin's, yeah, there's Assassin's Creed Odyssey for Josh because he's losing himself in that. There's Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons and there's a demo for Resident Evil 3 uh, Nemesis or just Resident Evil 3 as they want to call it. So we'll get through all that stuff. But uh, for Doom Eternal, um, I gave that game a five stars. Genuinely think it's a perfect game. The only thing I had as a negative was that I don't think the weapon wheel is as good as it could be on consoles. But even now I can see Ben Roy scrunching his little face because he doesn't like the platforming in it. Yeah, for me, it's just like it's just too much already. Like I've got to what what do you call the snow bit? Is it like world free or some stuff? Yeah, like that? it's the Erdak Fortress, I think. And there uh, I've got sort of like the mid-air dash where you jump, dash, dash, and then get another globe in the air and dash dash some more. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they want so much dashing in a game that's about ripping and tearing. <laughs> but it's just too much for me. Like, sure, if you dash onto a climbable surface, he, uh, Doomslayer grabs straight away. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you don't double jump, then you've got to press R3. And, and there's almost already too much pressing the R3 in this game. I've got, to, I've, got to, I've got to contest this because I literally, for me, literally, if you added up all the time you spend climbing and boosting, I lit well boosting between platforms. I only think it's like five minutes of the whole game. Yeah, I don't think it's that. For me, it wasn't that much. So for me, it's been seventy four thousand years. <laughs> and, um, I've also when you have to get that stupid ball in midair to yeah, but if you're like right next to it, like a millimeter, <laughs> you don't have it, and you get into the lava and you're gone, mate, or you're in the cold war and you're gone. And I don't know if I like that. Like, you don't like that. I like shooting the demons. I uh-huh. like dancing around them and pff, you're dead. But ah, the jumping's a bit lame. <laughs> well, I'm curious to see what um, the rest of the world thinks. Josh has got his copy of Doom, but it's installing as we speak. Um, so we're going to do more of this stuff next week because I know Rich has got his copy today with the big old yeah. Slayer helmet as well. Um, it's amazing, but, man, because yeah. 
All I've seen so far is the 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 launch trailer for it. I've, what, I've read your ups and downs, Scott. Hell and yeah, I've just got Ben Roy's review. So it's, <laughs> it's an interesting and varied array of opinions there. Don't get me wrong; oh. it's an excellent shooter. Like I've, I've really enjoyed coming back into it, and it's weird because like. I'm such a narrative-based gamer, and for there to be almost no narrative, of course, apart from, like, kill the demons, which is fine in Doom, it's weird to just be, like, a purely sort of mechanical experience with some mm-hmm. decent music in there and appreciate the sounds as I literally rip these cacodemons in half. <laughs> One thing that I absolutely love is that, um, yeah, you speak about the narrative. If you don't want it, it's not there. Like, I love that they make it totally optional. Um, like, you do find, like, codex pages, and you can read all about the history of the Slayer himself and all these different beings that are trying to kill you and why they're trying to kill you. And I love that stuff. Um, but I love how in the cutscenes, like, he just walks away or, like, someone asks yeah. for his opinion, and he just cocks a shotgun at them. It's just like, like, if you want to just be, like, the faceless Slayer, you totally can be. Um, but I do think there's a really, really great lore in there if you want it. Um, it's just that it's totally optional. Um, and you'll get to a scene that freaked me the hell out. I absolutely okay. love one thing they've done. I'm sure it'll go viral when it eventually gets out there. Question. Um, when you fight the demons, because, you know, in this game, it shows you how to kill them quick or at least disable mm. part of them. Do you go straight for that every time? Like, do you shoot their guns and blow their guns out? I feel, uh, and do you yeah. fire the um, sort of grenade shot out the shotgun in the, the cacker's mouth every time? Because I find myself falling into that routine. Yeah, so they set you up with what like um, Hugo Martin's called like combat chess, where it's just sort of every enemy has a very specific way to take care of them. So if it's like one of those mini like arachnotrons, you want to shoot its the top uh, its head cannon thing off, yeah. and then yeah, Paco Demons will swallow a grenade, whether that's from your shoulder cannon or from the uh, shotgun's mount. But um, for me, uh, that it does become part of your natural flow. But when you're still getting used to like how to stay alive in Doom, I thought that overthinking each individual enemy's weak spot just got in the way for me. Um, so it was that was something that came in time. Um, but yeah, they do give you like very specific ways to take them out. So uh, over time, I kind of folded it into just the way I was playing. But initially, it was just set everything on fire, shoot everything, get the armor pickups, glory kill this, blood punch that, just keep going, st- like, just keep on the move. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do. I love that they like double down on that stuff. The idea of like you know like chainsaws, uh, chainsaw kills give you health. Sorry, give you ammo. Uh, glory kills give you health. All that kind of thing. Because um, I don't know if that was like something that um, you guys really liked about the 2016 one. Like how sort of mathematical it is. Yeah, like like the way you move from enemy to enemy in that game and the flow of combat mm-hmm. was by far the best thing about it for me, even though you know the weapons are punchy, the levels look great, the enemies are obviously well designed. That was the big difference between that and Wolfenstein, which tried a very similar old school sort of approach to first person shooting, but it didn't have that flow. You were way too weak in Wolfenstein, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Doom, you could always get back into the fight, you could always be on the move, you weren't forced behind cover. Like I always thought that was a bit incongruous in Wolfenstein when you had you know, you were supposed to embrace old school mechanics and go balls to the wall with dual wielding shotguns or whatever. Mm. But at the same time, you were so fragile that if you tried that, you just get smashed. I thought Wolfenstein did it like, because it was in, in Wolfie 2. I quite like that you're like really weak and near dying for the vast majority of it. And then once you get the suit upgrade, I thought that was when you felt like you could actually put up with more. Yeah. But three quarters of that game or like two thirds of it are just you getting killed in an instant. Um, and I do think in Doom, if you mess up, you die immediately. Like just so quickly. There was one. I think that's. Oh, sorry, you, Brown. Sorry, Ben. Right. No, go on. I was just gonna say. I think that's okay in Doom because, like, it doesn't feel unfair. In Wolfie, it felt like the fun was being impeded by the way it was set up. Whereas Mm -hmm. in Doom, it's sort of. uh, I imagine, at least going off the first game, more of a learning process. I did enjoy being just sort of like ruined by the um, the Nazis in the Wolfie Two and Wolfie One. Uh, in this Doom, I feel like 
you lose your health really quickly. Like I've only actually, there's only been one combat situation which I've died a few times over and again. It's sort of like uh, this little jump ramp uh, section. I'm getting all these imps throwing their fireballs and the mm. spider hive mind shooting me. And because I'm, I can't. Anytime I see a spider hive mind or anything, anything bigger than the little lads, I've mm. got to take out their guns. I'm obsessed. I can't, <laughs> I can't not go for them first. Uh-huh. And like, the, yeah, the, the thing that I love that they give you is the flame belch, which is just they give it a dedicated button. I love that they make it so the chainsaw isn't inequipable anymore. You just yeah. press X to do it. So like you're always just keeping going. And like the flame belch, um, you douse a bunch of dudes with it. I just tend to rotate like a quarter circle and douse like seven enemies. And then like, yeah, you shoot them. If anything's on fire, you get armor from it. So if you do that when you're in the in the zone kind of thing, you can just stay in the fray, detonate a bunch of explosives and jump back out again. Yeah. Like you can do so much damage so fast. Like it's it that rush is is the best then i yeah for me at the moment i think i'm just too uh it's weird like a completionist i have to kill the big boys first or mm. at least wound them then i can start picking out all the little people mm-hmm. and glory them as i go but i felt this is a lot i feel like my health's going so much so down so much faster in this i'm mm-hmm. it's like glory glory hallelujah shooting there. <laughs> glory, glory hallelujah over and over again so, I would um, recommend um, like like picking off some of the fodder enemies just in terms of like, you know, the, the chainsaw recharges so fast that yeah. like you can always keep getting more ammo and like those big guys will get caught up in the explosions and everything anyway. Um, but you'll get more like suit upgrades. You get like a thing that makes it so that your grenades burst into five more grenades and stuff like that. Um, and like when you get the freeze grenade, you can just like you can freeze everybody apart from the cyber demons. Like um, yeah. and even they, I think, freeze for a bit. But um, you can just, I found that just by charging headfirst into it, like just being as much upfront as possible, that was the best thing. I have one question before I started tonight. What you... difficulty should I play it on? Because I, well, it, this is like the, the age old uh, worry for me that I tried to do it on hard because I love the idea of combat chess. But mm. at the same time, will that make it unenjoyable? <laughs> just I was going to say, what did, you, what did you play the 2016 one on? I can't remember. I think it might have been hard, but I'm not sure. I would do Hurt Me Plenty, which is the second one, not the very first one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, second out of the four main ones. Then you get into the weird sort of like the super hard where you're dead forever. And then there's another one after that. So there's about mm-hmm. six levels in there. But on yep. Hurt Me Plenty, I'm kind of having an okay time now. But now as they're ramping up, I can see it getting a bit more challenging. So I One thing I absolutely love that. is that in the um, difficulty selection thing, it tells you how much you're going to die. Yeah. Like, hit me plenty. It's like, look, you're going to die a bunch up front until you get used to this. But like, yeah, it's like a weather forecast. It's like, oh, you know, but it'll get milder as you go. Like, don't worry about it. Um, and that was 100% my case. Like, I thought that it threw so much at you. There's so many tutorial prompts and things to read and mechanics to take in in that opening, uh, like a half hour or 45 minutes um, that like I did die on what sounds like the exact same bit that killed Benroy quite a lot. Um, because that's the first time you really get bottlenecked into like a bunch your imps one of the arachnatron things and like yeah it's just it's a lot at once um so i was doing it for the review i was doing it on hurt me plenty um and i died quite a bit it did it was exactly like they said though i died a bunch i got used to it and then i was was smoother sailing for the rest of it the marauders absolutely suck but you'll have time to get to them and then even then you eventually get used to them but now that i'm replaying it um i'm doing it on nightmare um which is the second highest one and then i forget what you call the top one like ultra violence or something yeah um, but yeah, it's for me, Nightmare's pretty pretty spot on for where I sort of, like, I want to have fun, I want to be escapist and kill everything, but I do want the challenge as well. For me, Early Review, I think it's a solid game, but uh, just a bit too much platforming for me, and those snake guys, oh, just leave me alone. Oh, mate, you're... <laughs> <laughs> those snake boys are, uh, they're nothing compared to the Marauder. 
Great. Um, Marauder, like um, his uh, weak spot is based on proximity. So if you're too close, he'll use a shotgun. If you're too far, he'll throw energy beams at you and he unleashes a wolf on you as well. And if the wolf hits you, then your screen gets um, flashed with like teeth. So yeah. the only way to kill him is to like dance around him, like circle strafe him at the exact right proximity um, so that he opens up. And even then, um, if you don't get the timing right, he'll block everything and deflect it back at you again. The Marauders absolutely suck, to be honest, but you, you get used to them. And then when you kill them, it's the best feeling in the world. Fair enough. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, like, yeah, I mean, I don't, like, compared to like 2016's one, like, I don't know what you guys thought they would do next. Like, what do you actually want from a Doom sequel? Was it like the story-based stuff or what? Right, this, is, this has been my biggest question for the last four years because I loved, loved Doom 2016, obviously. And every single, every single thing I saw of Doom Eternal was just more Doom. And that's right. great because Doom's awesome. But after four years, I don't know what I want. I don't know what's going to be able to blow me away. Is it just going to be more of the same but more refined? Is it going to be an epic twist in the story? Is it going to be the new monsters or levels? I don't know what killer app it's got. That's going to make me just go like, wow, this is the best game of the year or whatever. Mm -hmm. What if the answer was all three? What if it was... Then I'm still in Scotland. The stuff that I didn't realize they were going to do was like was flesh out the... the I mean, I opened the review by talking about the lore stuff because I, I do think that is one of the most important things that they find a way to codify all the old games and everything. So it's like all one big connected universe. Um, and I kind of love that, even though Doom's not really about that. It's never been like MCU, you know, shared universe, here's an origin story kind of thing. Um, but I thought that I didn't expect them to go there and then they absolutely nailed it. I know there was a codex in the original one. Um, but um, yeah, Hugo Martin saying that in development, they, the build that they had was boring, um, that they were like playing it for a while. Um, and then one day they were like, oh, it's it's not encouraging. He talks about it on Noclip, Daniel O'Dwyer's Noclip. Um, and he was like, oh, you know, we were playing this build um, and nothing was making us go back to it. He was like, we weren't coming back on the weekends. We weren't like feeling like we were addicted to it. Um, and he was like, we had to be honest, like look, look at each other and be like, we've made something that's really boring. It is just too much of the same thing. Um, and only after that did they start really messing with it. Because um, like Ben Roy, did you like, I know you're not a fan of the platforming, but like how have you found the other changes, like the um, like the different button map and stuff with, with the chainsaw and like the general feel of it. I keep forgetting the chainsaws there sometimes, and then mm. I look and I realize, oh my god, I've got nothing left and I'm dying. And then, right. Oh, there's the chainsaw. I haven't found his uh, grenade on his shoulder to be that effective as of yet. Oh. Like I think maybe that's just good for the little lads, but like I'm trying to use it on bigger everything. People. And I forget the name of the guy that chases you. Um, he looks the guy off the front cover of Doom Three, just the big demon that just runs after you, and he's always trying to like ground pound. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, like I'm trying to use it on them as well when nothing's really sort of like there. The flamethrower I've not really used it effectively yet. Mm -hmm. I'm more just sticking to the shotgun and the energy beam gun at the moment. This sort of the energy beam machine gun sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And then using the secondary, second weapon you ever get the cannon to uh -huh. take out uh, things from afar, like rocket uh, turrets and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I got the double barrel shotgun, and I used it, and I realized I would rather use the other shotgun, so I've just switched back to that straight away. The thing that I think I found on the higher difficulties on 2016's one, which I totally think is the case here, is that like over time you need to use everything. Like they'll just have enemy types that'll punish you for not rotating through the whole like allotment of weapons. Um, and like, yeah, stuff like the, the shoulder cannon, um, like, yeah, at some point you're going to need to be topping up your armor and you'll need to be then thrown in like a grenade or a freeze grenade or whatever. Like it's just, and then even that double barrel shotgun, like if you're stuck like in amongst someone and you don't have a blood punch, um, for like, you know, the close wave shockwave thing, um, that, uh, meat hook grapple hook thing, you can just yeah. fire that out at someone else and that'll pull you out. 
So, um, yeah, pretty much everything matters eventually. That would have been my main gripe because before I got the blood punch, I was punching demons and it was barely doing anything. Just, like, yeah, just nothing. I'm yeah. Doomslayer, man. Why am I not hurt? <laughs> Why am I not pu- caving in their face when I hit them? Mm-hmm. They kind of like they tone down the like standard melee so that you just, yeah, it's like hitting yeah. them with like, a feather. It's really nothing because I was punching them and punching them, waiting for them to open up for a glory kill. But you've, you've got to like pepper them with like a basic shotgun hit or like a machine gun bullet or something um because they want you to use the blood punch like yeah over time you unlock multiples of those things and it'll, it'll free up um but i remember in that bit that we talked about where we died a lot with that first spider thing yeah um i realized that i just wasn't like jumping and dashing i was like doing everything other than that and i was like okay if i just introduce this other element of agility i made it through straight away and i, that, I was just kind of like i remember that life lesson from like 2016 of like if you're not using the full repertoire then eventually you'll just get brought down. I also think I want to go back to the sci-fi set, and so I hope that we go to some sort of like Mars base soon because I'm playing that, and after watching 2005's Doom starring The Rock and Carl Urban earlier in the week, <laughs> I really just want to be on that Mars base, and I really just want to, you know, be in Mars and in some sort of space set and atmosphere of going to Earth and giant hell demons carrying hell castles around. Yeah. But when I've got to sort of like the more tree area, the green area, and then the snow area, I'm kind of like, yeah, that's all right for maybe 10 minutes, but like, get me to a space they, station um, or get me to hell. Yeah, they do like a good balance. I mean, then when you eventually do do something other than the, the world you've just described, I think they do it better than anyone ever has. Some of the imagery they use um, could be like a 1980s like thrash metal album cover. Yeah. Like it's just like full on, like it's like Brutal Legend. It was like the first time you saw like a, like a hot rod exhaust was a mountain or something like that. But um, yeah, you, you get to go like to a bunch of different places. Do you guys know what they've done with the BFG in this one? Have you seen that anywhere? Nope. No. Good, because no. I, I didn't know going in. Um, and then I was like, well, he has it at the end of the 2016 one. So why why isn't it here? Um, and they don't necessarily address like that question. But as to what the BFG is in Eternal, um, when you see it, you'll... When you see it, you'll freak out. I think that's it's, class. It's, it's that's a so good, good time. There's uh, there's so many like lush reveals like that. Um, but yeah, Ben, did you have any other general thoughts on it? Are you just are you dying to get back into it? Or are you just like, oh my god, I hope there's not more platforming. I'm looking forward to playing it tonight, but then I'm also looking forward to trying the Resident Evil Free demo on mm. PS4 because I play on Xbox One, but. I'm looking forward to get to that again. Yeah, so we might as well um, go into the Resident Evil 3 demo because they put something out and um, it reminds me of the very first time that they showed any footage of it at all, which I think was someone filming a screen or something. And it was like Jill Valentine coming out from underneath like a shutter and onto like a main street. Um, so I think this is the demo from, I don't even know, the end of last year. I think when we first knew this was coming. Um, but yeah, I mean, what do you got? Like, Josh, you're waiting to play it, but you've seen some footage of it. Ben Roy, you played through it. And as the world's I biggest have. Resident Evil fan, what <laughs> do you think? Uh, yes, I think it definitely is that demo because we had the first teaser from PlayStation. What are they called? Their directs. We could call it directs because you know, missed the PlayStation. Yeah, and playing through this, uh, I think I don't know. It's just it's. I really enjoyed going into the open world. I feel like I say open world mm. with quotes, but I liked going into the streets and feeling like I'm in a bigger world mm. because. Playing Resident Evil 3 Nemesis back on PS1, you still had like the re- the camera angles that felt really constricted and everything like that. And you mm-hmm. didn't really know what was around every corner. But now from the new perspective uh, going through, it's just seeing a bit down the street and then I'm having to go right down an alleyway. I'm also finding that it's 
whereas it's more actiony and Jill seems to move more smoother and mm. yeah, to dodge a bit more. I am getting jumped up upon because as soon as I go around through alleyways, I'll be shooting things and I swear I've looked around and then Zombie McGee behind me grabs me. <laughs> and I, I was, I, a few times I was jumping like, crap. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. It makes you think that that's a mechanic because a couple of times when you're you're aiming, you're like obviously the camera zooms in when you aim, you're yeah. focused forward, and then you just get grabbed from behind. And I'm like, I cleared out that alleyway. There's no way that anything was there, but it is really effective. I think you could just go check behind every bin because maybe I wasn't like scouring it. Yeah, I was sort of like getting really jumped on. But I also liked that. I feel like there's so many more shops you can just go into the front bit and mm-hmm. have a little look and get some supplies if you need them. It's like, kind of like a risk ward because I think it does spawn more zombies when you go in the shop. Mm-hmm. When you come out, there seems to be always like a big lad just there like, I want to eat your brains. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. I, I really want that red herb and I really want some bullets. And there was one... What... 
what stood out uh, for that was like the inventory management. Because like, do you guys in Resident Evil Two, you if you pick something up and your inventory is too full, you could just you could swap it right there and then, right? I don't think. Yeah, you I missed that from because yeah. uh, like it, it, Resident Evil Two, like it, if, if from what I remember anyway, it mostly got rid of like the the briefcase style or mm. even like the Resident Evil Two original style um, of in, inventory management. For me, that's such a huge part of what makes survival horror survival oh, you horror. Like, that like I'm an absolute sucker for sorting that briefcase out in RE4, man, to make it as neat <laughs> as possible so I can fit in yeah. a rocket launcher as well as a bunch of herbs. He says this, and yet he doesn't like herbs. He won't just sit and play <laughs> some Tetris. But uh, in that case, you'll love that they've brought back that stuff in three. And as much as like you have, like it's a bunch of like single slots, but you can't drop stuff when you pick something else up. You have to like cut out of it, drop the thing, interact with it again, slot it in. It's tiny, but I I'm sure it's it smoother. It's more impactful in this one because I feel like the you're not in the police department or you're not in a set location. Mm -hmm. You're going through streets. So you don't, at the moment playing this, we didn't know when our next box was going to be. So that's why I was like, oh, I, I might as well keep what I've got going for now. And I kept this hose in my inventory for the duration of the mm -hmm. demo because I, I don't know when I'm going to get back to that hose bit. And you get into this uh, sort of safe area in the donut shop. Is it a donut shop, is it? In that game? Uh, yeah, I think so. And I, got, I actually got lost because I right. didn't realize there was another door to go back through the street. Because mm -hmm. I guess I never tried to go through that shop in the first place. And I quickly went up to the right and went through... A couple of buildings, and there's also I don't know if this is like uh, streets and buildings in America, but there's just high metal rail bridge things all around buildings and alleyways. Is that a thing in America? Like, well, like um, like fire escapes everywhere. I felt like it was more of an extended fire escape. Maybe it's just a fictional <laughs> thing for Raccoon City, but there's a lot of them. Yeah, it kind of mixes up the gameplay a bit. But I I did get lost, which I was surprised at. See, uh, yeah, there's a couple of times when like I kind of punched through a, a shop and came out the other side, and then realized I was back in the street I was in before, and I was like, oh, this is all interconnected. Like this is a, a much bigger play space, which like they're gonna need because the way Nemesis works. See, the thing is, like my thoughts on it, I thought I was like, okay, this is way more of RE2. Like, yeah, R1 is now the dodge button, but like the the UI is the same, the aiming felt the same. Like mostly in a good way because that game was our game of the year. Yeah. But um, when Nemesis dropped in and he started walking towards me, it was the ex I had the exact same feeling as in with Mr. X, where I was like, okay, I'm going to awkwardly shamble and rotate and rot and shamble around you, I guess. Like, oh. that was just kind of annoying for me. See, I, I never had the biggest problem with Mr. X when I played it. I, like, especially in the first area, just the uh, station, I would just run somewhere, hide here, and then go again. With this, mm -hmm. when I met Nemesis for the first time, my God. <laughs> I, you seem to have a you, I'll let you tell your story in a minute of how you dealt with him but I, I saw him I was like ah! and I didn't ever switch to the shotgun because I'll bite you the shotgun in a minute lo and uh -huh. behold did I know the demo ended shortly after that kind yeah. of. but I was just I got done over by him I tried to run he whipped me back in there I was like crap I turned around right. again he then sort of like pounces in front of me and I had to like dodge around him as he's mutating zombies around me, which uh -huh. is a new weird feature where you get attacked by any of these mutated zombies. Well, so the, the, the weird thing is, yeah, he pops in, like he drops, he, he's already mutating someone when you come through one of the doors. And so then Jill's like, what's he doing to them or something like that? And then he, I went to run around him and he knocked me back. Then he tendrilled me and pulled me close and then didn't do anything. So I was just on the floor, like looking at him going like, well, this is kind of awkward. And then I stood up and ran around him. I ran away, turned around, grenaded him. Um, the grenade took out some electric box thing which electrocuted him and then he went down and I just was like okay so I just I ran up to him with the knife and just jabbed him a little bit just for, for the lols um, and then I was like okay done and I went and, and that was it that was the demo I got <laughs> so I was like, okay. 
I got off about two pistol shots at him. He looked at me like he was going to rip me in two. So I was like, ha, no. And I just ran to I knew where the fire was. Because I imagine could, if you didn't have the hose in your inventory then, I um, watched footage of other people play it. And mm-hmm. he will then follow you throughout the entire of that demo. Mm-hmm. So he won't just wait in that area. He'll come back. Oh, so, I might do that. that. That's kind of a way to elongate the demo. I'm really glad that I had the hose with me then. And I had the shotgun and I never used it because, again, I, I was doing that stupid gamer brain thing where you right. save the shotgun. You never know. But I, I, I don't know, man. I feel like this is going to be great and I'm hyped for it. But it's Nemesis being there, however long they sort of like restrict it and make it into some enclosed sections, mm. it's going to frustrate a lot of people. Part of me, um, I don't. Where do you guys both come down on on Nemesis's new design? Because I don't think he's that scary. But I don't think the original one was either. I did when I was a kid. I was terrified of the original. But like now, he's just this big, like meat-headed super warrior. For me, Nemesis has always kind of stood out because I was scared of his voice, obviously, like, you know, mm-hmm. the stars and the footsteps and him showing up out of the blue. But I, I like his design, the leather-clad Matrix-style design, never really scared me. Even no. in the movie, I was so scared of the Resident Evil 2 film, Apocalypse, but I was never scared of Nemesis. And I think mm-hmm. they've done um, a pretty good job updating that. I think, like, the fleshiness, fleshiness of his um, <laughs> design is, is better. It looks more like, you know, John Carpenter's The Thing or something like that. But mm-hmm. there's something kind of, like Mr. X's stupid, like, you know, trench coat, there's something inherently silly about it, but I appreciate that in the design, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's quite unique and good. There's a way that they're, they're kind of pivot in this one, which is very much like Halloween, where it's like, we like we know what the big bad is. It's not a mystery. It's like, here's your, here's your main character, here's your Laurie Strode, and here's Michael Myers. And like, you know, you're, you're going to go up against this thing multiple times. And like, obviously the trailer, like the, the demo ends with a trailer for this. And I'm sure the, the last line of the new trailer is her saying, let's do this um, or something like that. And it's like, like I said, they kind of know that they've got this, icon- well, they would say it's an iconic duo of like, you know, uh, is it, I'm sure, yeah, Jill going up against Nemesis. Yeah. Um, I just kind of want a bit more movement, I think, in the gameplay. I don't just, because basically I hated in Resi 2, the only negative I had about that whole game was like, if all you need to do is you have the crank to use on the specific place and you're in a room and Mr. X is there, all you can do is awkwardly kite him away from that space and then run back and hope he doesn't get there first. I would counter that by saying, you have to go to the other part of the station, lead him there, go then go downstairs and go around. And that's what I mean, yeah. Like um especially when I played that game on hard difficulties, I don't know about you two, but the whole left wing of the station, I basically left as a zombie filled mess. So I didn't <laughs> have to use that until I had to go through one of those doors, the uh-huh. spade doors or something like that, and that was horrible. But in that game I kind of created a sort of safe zone where I could use like taking to the other side of the station losing there and come back and get mm-hmm. sort of things like that but that I, was the thing. I, I did that tactic but that just i got so sick of doing that and then like yeah. ne- i don't know how much nemesis is going to be like that idea as a whole game like josh where do you come down on the idea was it was mr x annoying or was he did he work well for me yeah, he, he like struck a pretty good balance because like ben roy said especially in the um the prison section like a big chunk of the challenge was the environment. Like I'd had the same, not problem that Ben Roy had, but my left wing was full of zombies. It was full <laughs> of liquors. There was no getting through there unless I actually had to actively, you know, go in there for a story mission, but I had the right side of it, um, you know, nicely walled off. So that made a couple cool avenues for when Mr. X would appear. I'd mm-hmm. think, right, I've sorted out this area. That's the safe zone. So I'm going to rush through there. I'm going to twirl back around. It, 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 it happened. He appeared like often enough where I thought it was exciting and thrilling, but not too often where I just thought he was annoying. Like mm-hmm. I never got to the point where I thought, oh Christ, just leave me alone because I need to do this mission. And I do worry that Nemesis might 
get to that point. It, well, that's the scary thing. That would sort of ruin it a little bit for me. But I don't know how they're tackling the sort of open world elements. I don't know whether mm. it's as dense as the police station or whether it's more freeform. Because obviously, I, I'm saving the um, actual experience until mm. it comes out. It is quite freeform, yeah. It feels vastly, yeah. It feels a bit more spread out. And it's, there's a comical, like in the original, there's a comical amount of like red barrels to use against either Nemesis or just the standard zombies. Mm-hmm. But like just being chased by this big guy in the bin bag, it's going to be terrifying, especially when he gets the flamethrower that we've seen in trailers and the rocket launcher. I don't know how, uh, like, doing this game on the super hard is going to ruin me, but I'm going to somehow go push myself through it. It's almost like, yeah, a, but, yeah go on. So I was going to say, yeah, but is this like, is Resident Evil 3 going to be better than The Evil Within 2, which is the best survival horror game <laughs> of all time? And did open world gameplay first, is all I'm saying. I mean, you said Days Gone weirdly, but, you know, it uh, <laughs> depends on which you've changed. Uh, I am, um, yeah. yeah. That's the thing, like, for as much as Evil Within 2 doesn't get held up as, like, the next step in horror, I love those open world segments. If someone did a whole game of that, it would be, like, perfect. Um, and maybe that's what they're doing here. Um, obviously, in the demo, you don't get much of a feel for potential uh, set piece. You're not wandering into dynamic set pieces like you were in Evil Within. Um, but like that idea of like anything could be around the next corner, like that's obviously what they're trying to go for. Because even before Nemesis shows up, you're aware that he's there. Um, you're aware that you're he's in that space with you somewhere. Um, and then after that, I mean, the demo pretty much ends after Nemesis pops in, unless you do the thing that Ben Roy says. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where I am on it. I just thought it was a bit flat, but I hope there's more to it because I would like to like it. I cannot wait for this. Like, <laughs> I, I've been pretty timid because uh, I sort of got regressed into the world that oh, there's never going to be a new game again mm. and just playing old stuff. And then we've had Doom now. So I'm sort of like cranking up the gears again for it. Uh-huh. And playing that demo the other night really sort of like reminded me of like, hey, Benro, you really like Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> As if you'd forgotten that for even a second. You've written thousands of words on this. Maybe watch Apocalypse <laughs> this weekend. Get yourself ready for Resident Evil 3, like you uh, did with Doom. Watch if the Doom. real world Apocalypse wasn't already uh, coming on, then you can get lost in Resident Evil. Right then, so actually looking at the time, we're way closer to the end of the slot we've allocated ourselves in this delicate time uh, to cover the games that we mentioned. So um, we talked about Assassin's Creed and Animal Crossing. I'll quickly say, because I'm the only one playing Animal Crossing at the minute, um, Josh Brown, you're downloading. And Ben Roy, you used to like Animal Crossing, or you played an old one. I played and on GameCube. So what, what the thing was is uh, we had a GameCube in the house that was my sister's. She kind of mm-hmm. abandoned it, so I claimed it and started playing Double Dash that we just mentioned. And I had, also had Assassin's Creed and Animal Crossing on it because she had it. Uh, uh-huh. And yeah, I played it back then. I I've never felt the need to go back to Animal Crossing, so I'm gonna sit this one out. I'm gonna tap out this one. The thing, because um, I've only played an hour because it came out at midnight uh, last night. So I played the first hour. It's it's way more um, like survivalist, like in like a 101 kind of way. It's like, go get 10 like uh, tree parts, go get 10 pieces of fruit. Yeah. And like they want you to build, like from the beginning, you're in like a campsite and you're building the you're building the village from the ground up and you're hanging out with Tom Nook. And I love that stuff. Um, the background music's like really slow acoustic guitar stuff. Like it's just chill. Um, and like for me, it's like the perfect accompaniment to um, Doom and Resident Evil um, and the general life that we're in at the minute. But um, yeah, I'm going to keep going with that. I mean, the thing is, we, um, we're we going to mention Assassin's Creed because Josh, you're playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey at the minute as your I jump am. game. 
I do just want to mention though, you mentioned like Doom and Animal Crossing being the exact opposites. I'm having mm. a little like obviously because we can't go out at the minute. I'm uh, in tonight with my girlfriend. She's playing Animal Crossing and I'm playing Doom, and I like the idea of like having That's this weird date where we're both playing <laughs> the exact opposite games. She's in the doing it. I'm shaking yeah. my head here, but I can't see it. But I'm shaking my head. This is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, like I've been living off um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey because I haven't played one of these games since Syndicate. That was the London one, right? The Victorian uh, yes. one. Born in London, yeah. Yeah, so I got Assassin's Creed Odyssey from you months ago, actually, and I've only just got around to playing it because I've had, you know, so much time indoors, and I thought, right, I can finally start it, expecting to play about five hours of it and put it down, maybe. Uh, but it's genuinely got its grips in me. Like, it's such a gorgeous game. I've been playing it with HDR on, which I mm. love fiddling about with. And it looks so, like, beautiful. Like, the attention to detail, as always in an Assassin's Creed game, is there in walking and, like, you know, riding around this open-world Greece, this massive open-world version of, you know, Greece. Is, it's, it's so good. And, yeah, the gameplay is repetitive, but it's also very satisfying. Like, I was fighting this stupid legendary ball last night and had the most fun i've had in ages like i was attacked by 40 to 50 feral hogs while i was going <laughs> wow. up against this thing and uh <laughs> it, it took me about 45 minutes to kill it but i had a great time and it made me wonder do i even need doom where i could just fight this uh, big one over and over again josh h brown why the thing is you could have played assassin's creed origins and you could have got all this out your system because odyssey is just just dlc it's just dlc for origins and it's good it's good it's good game but it's 200 hours long and i remember when you were in this phase for days gone and then the more that that game kept going the more you lost your mind and now you can't even get any fresh air so i don't know how it's gonna go from here but... i think you might lose my mind me, yeah <laughs> brown you wasted all your time playing red dead 2 and red dead 1 again <laughs> well, right. No, I'm not. I'm having a good time. You know what? I think the people agree with me because I got a few tweets the other night of people going through Days Gone because it's a great content game. Mm -hmm. And all my friends list, because I think it's um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is on sale on PSN. Like, everyone's playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> and I totally, totally get it. Like the, the games like that are just, I mean, Animal Crossing, you can't finish. Like, you know, you can just, you just build stuff and live, you live your little fairy life and you're done. And I think for Animal Crossing, for Assassin's Creed as well, something like Odyssey, like is just content of the game, just hashtag content, you know, the universe, the connected platform. Cause it's like, it is, I mean, I've put like a hundred odd hours into it and I didn't achieve anything. Like, I mean, I, I, just, I just, I just played, I just did. I just wallowed in the pools for a bit and then I came out and I don't remember. Well, there's nothing wrong with that because it's great, great wallowing. I don't want to do it like a disservice to say that, you know, it's just it's junk food, but it's really good junk food. It it's is like totally, though. creme de la creme junk food. Top wallowing should be the, uh, the the pull quote that they take from us and put on some sort of box. What culture? Top wallowing. Um, so, yes, we'll end on a, a question from the hashtag WCGP uh, tag over on Twitter where you can leave questions and thoughts. And Bits and Bobs, let us know what junk food games you're playing uh, whilst we're all on in lockdown. Um, but a question from Grant who says, after seeing both the Xbox Series X and the PS5 specs, which console do you think is going to be better and why? Oh, I don't know, man. It's, <laughs> I need to see the games. I need to see the games. Like, well, that's not. I can't question. judge. I know it's not, but like, I think if you go off the specs alone, it's got to be the Xbox because it's more powerful or whatever. Mm -hmm. And yes, the SSD on the PlayStation Five sounds impressive, and all the developers in you know, like places like Digital Foundry who really know what they're talking about, mm -hmm. they're hyping it up. But at the same time, until I know it, until I see it in action, 
I'm siding with Xbox, even though I will get the PlayStation first. For me, you can nip out all the custom silicon, which is, I just like the term custom silicon that's apparently in the PS5, uh, means that they, it might not be the most powerful horsepower wise. I know nothing about tech, but it hasn't got, hasn't got the most flops. But um, apparently the way that it's been customized means that it's easier for devs to use and it'll automatically boost old games and stuff like that. And I like the idea that they've made this sort of like really sleek uh, professional machine that'll just just work, just do stuff. Um, and I know that's what Xbox is going for as well. But I, I don't know. I mean, the PS2 was less powerful than the original Xbox and it was all about the games and the, the way that they were utilized. And some games didn't run better on Xbox. So it's like, I don't know. It's not necessarily all in the flops, but um, yeah. I'm going to go with uh, PS5, actually, surprisingly. I just kind of have faith in little little Karl Mark Cerny. He might be boring as hell, but I think he's nailed it. I think this is the end of a tradition. I think we're finally going to break the, the big dog on the last gen is now going to fail, I think. Mm. Sure, Big Phil Spencer's coming to make up for what Don Matrick did all those years ago. <laughs> but I think the damage might be done here. And, uh, I know we said last time people are entrenched with their achievements and blah, blah, blah. And they'll never switch. And everyone switched. <laughs> but, like, you know what? I think this time, I think it'd be more, I, I don't think it'll be as much of a battering as it has mm. been this generation. But I think it'll be the edge I'm going to give to Sony, Mark Cerny, and whoever takes up the mantle there. I am curious what they do for the actual PS5 reveal, not a weird dev talk thing. Because if they deliver on that weird Castlevania Metal Gear rumor, if they just oh. roll out some footage of God of War 2, Spider-Man 2, uh, Horizon 2, um, you know, and then show the system, like maybe that's what they're waiting for at this point. It, it, it's either the best game of 4D chess ever played, or they have no idea what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Um, and I want to hope that they actually have something ready to drop in like a couple of months' time. The big question is, though, are you both going to send images of your ears to uh, Mark Cerny so he can make <laughs> that special sound system for you? Now, I, I turned that uh, show off because it was just too boring. What the hell is this ear crack? Does he just want to see people's ears? Well, they're developing this sort of system so everyone can have 3D sound uh, regardless of what kind of sound system they have. But to, to achieve that, they have to, like, graph the inside of your ear. <laughs> so he said, so at, at, the end of the, at the end of the presentation, he was like, who knows, maybe soon you'll be sending us images of your ear. <laughs> Someone will have sent them an ear in an envelope and just been like, please wow. send me a free PS5. Um, but yeah, I guess we all have we all have faith in the future of the systems. I'm assuming that we'll see something by the end of the year, providing that um, now that China's sort of recovered and stuff, assumedly their factories will be um, getting back to normal. But yeah, for now, this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Ben Roy Turner. Yes, goodbye. And Josh Brown. Goodbye. I'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.